welcome to the Table Talk podcast, where we sit down, pull up a chair, and we get started. This podcast is designed to provide you packed full of information to help you with your training, nutrition, lifestyle, and well-being, where we interview myself through case studies to give you lifetime experience. And then we also interview high-performing individuals or other career-focused people who are looking to make changes in their lifestyle, training, nutrition, and well-being. So let's pull up that chair and let's go. All right. Yo, yo, welcome to Table Talk. We are here with Julia Fisher. This is take three. Um, yes, she's that good, but also because the first two didn't quite go as planned. So we are on Table Talk having Julia Fisher, who is a strength and conditioning coach in Germany, originally from Germany to UK, back to Germany, and is also a nutritionist wellness coach. Um, who does a lot more online services with uh, her clients. And we're here to kind of pick apart what it is she does, how does she do it, how does she do it online, and is it better at Germany? We'll see. But um, Julie will tell us more about herself, but number one is she knows that I'm crazy. Ah. Um, yeah. Elaborate. How am I crazy? In what way? Please confirm to the viewers that it's a sensible crazy, not a crazy crazy. It's uh, well, the best way crazy, to be honest. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here because I think if you're normal and not a bit crazy, then I don't think you're a good human, to be honest. Life's short. If you're normal and crazy, <laughs> nah, nah. That's a special crazy. Yes. Yeah. Those, um, that's great. This, so basically crazy because um so you said i went from germany to england to germany i actually did a stop in australia about 15 years ago and then right. i discovered yeah. right mm -hmm. and fun fact if it wouldn't be the other side of the world i would have moved there here we are now i'm stuck in the cold again <laughs> you can always move you can always move <laughs> I would, I would absolutely. Um, but yeah, I discovered my love for Tim Tams and you can't get them here. And I said on the last uh, recording trial that uh, I would love some Tim Tams. And this man <laughs> sent me a care package of, Every I don't know, how, literally, plus a family pack. And because I appreciate the family pack because I'm a family of one. <laughs> So I happily share them with the whole entire family. So that's really good. <laughs> Aka me, yeah. myself, and I. <laughs> how um how do you eat your Tim Tams? Do you um like Kate? She'll go when we used to eat Tim Tams. She would go like bite of the top, bite of the bottom, and then she would stick it in milk, and then just go. Oh, I haven't done that. I have to try. Yeah, like a I straw, and then try. it kind of breaks into the milk or almond milk, and it's, you kind of get chocolate oh. milk. I have not done that. I need to do that. That sounds incredible. No, I bite and then I remove the top and then I eat one half and then the other half. Does that make sense? So, hang on. So, okay. So, this is Tim Jam. We're going to go <laughs> hum, 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 hum. And then you flip it and then go hum, 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 hum. Like no, that. I do one bite like that. So, this just normal. And then because then you can separate them better. And then I eat this half. Oh, you then pull it apart. Okay. So pull it apart. Yeah. 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 Like an Oreo, right? Yeah. And for those Oreo, that are listening, you know what that is, right? if you're not looking at the video, we're holding our phones as Tim Tams. <laughs> we're not actually eating Tim Tams. Um, I should get one and just do like a sample. 
like demonstration. Tim <laughs> <laughs> Tim. Have you ever just gotten a whole one and just gone? I no, I I don't. I haven't. I almost I wasn't that close when I opened the package because it's been again over a decade since I had the last one. I was like so excited. I was like, <laughs> Yeah. And then I was feeling sick. I was like, oh, this was not a good idea. <laughs> okay. Hit mm. the whole pack. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. What is the weirdest, uh, as a nutritionist, let's ask, because we're talking about Tim Tams, um, <laughs> the weirdest, like, breakfast you've seen? Because, like, I, you know, I used to get the train in the morning when I used to go to work, and I used to, like, have my steak, my macadamia nuts, and some veggies. And I remember there used to be a guy on the other side of the train. He would have a chocolate milk. And he, you know, he would have a sandwich and then he would have a boost bar and two Tim Tams. And like that guy must be the happiest guy on the wow. planet having that for mm. breakfast. Mm -mm -mm. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, in, two hours, in two hours' time, <laughs> it's asleep. But that's why you have your 10th coffee by like 10 a.m., right? So, <laughs> um, so the weirdest thing, funnily enough, I just don't understand the concept of an English breakfast. Um, and I say that having lived in England for seven years, I still don't understand the concept of why would you have so many different things in so many different ways, like beans and fried tomato as a German that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then sausages and then just... just not much going on and it's just you look at it and you're like you're already getting kind of diabetes what, what's looking at you i know i'm gonna offend so many people with this including all my english friends but everyone knows who knows me from England. so yeah i just don't understand the concept it's just too much going on it's too so much fat so much grease it's just no i don't what about the hash brown? Mm, delicious. Yeah, I don't know. Breakfast. I okay. Yeah, maybe for dinner. I love a hash brown. Don't get me wrong. I really I enjoy them. But not oh, for disgusting. breakfast. Dinner. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> Saying that as a German who lives off potatoes, by the way. Potatoes for breakfast. But like, I don't understand. You need to live in Ireland. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. the Irish breakfast, you had mush you've got mushrooms, spinach, but then you add pudding to it. White pudding and black pudding. So it's like breadcrumbs drained uh, in pig fat, uh, pig fat and yeah, white. yeah, yeah, yeah. Irish pudding, right? Yeah. Sorry, I was my mind wasn't going to dessert now. Um, yes, I mean, stay with us. We're having breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Yorkshire pudding is really nice. I could get away with that for breakfast. I don't mind Yorkshire pudding for breakfast. That's fine. What's Yorkshire pudding? Oh, you don't know. It's um, I sent you a picture afterwards. It's this fluffy, baked, doughy thing that you put on your Sunday rolls. Love a Sunday rolls. It's one of the things I miss about England is the Sunday rolls with the Sunday humongous. Rolls. Yeah. But, you have to come to Europe. That's basically the lesson of the story. All right. Well, I sent you Tim Tams. You sent me a plane ticket. It's only fair. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how. So let's let's unpack that a little bit because <laughs> most people, you know, drink, have alcohol, they get hungover, and then, you know, they wake up the next morning, they're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And so this is kind of the idea of having these big hearty breakfasts. 
Does eating a lot of fat actually help? I mean, yeah, because your your body needs to get, and it's not just the fat, but just the the whole. It's very calorie dense, right? So the the reason why we not just for English breakfast, but generally want to eat more greasy and calorie dense foods when we like hungover and sleep deprived is because our body needs energy, right? Because you you basically didn't sleep, even though you've slept for ten hours when you were like literally lying drunk on the floor the night before. Your body's like busy. Just drunk people more. don't make it to the bed. Ah. No. So. If you're getting an English <laughs> breakfast, you didn't make it to the bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so your body like needs to kind of come up with energy, right? And usually that's what it kind of gives you temporarily. And this is why we usually crave also more if we just sleep deprived in general, even without drinking a lot. Um, so it does make sense. Or, you know, if we look where it comes from at, at times where we had more energy requirement, you know, back in the day when we were like fighting for our lives, yeah, we probably a breakfast like that would have served you quite well. But you're probably not, not going to war tomorrow. Not hopefully, today. not today. So, yeah. so if I'm hungover, I'm not really. So it doesn't actually help with alcohol. You know, fat doesn't. The hash brown doesn't absorb the alcohol. <laughs> From the blood or the stomach, it actually is. I probably just had a really bad night's sleep, and I'm just craving calories. Yeah, because you're tired. So you're better off being maybe taking a nap and getting like lots of hydration in. Lots of hydration. Okay. Would mm -hmm. could I then? Should I do a fruit salad? Because like, fruit, fruit water. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, lots of water, electrolytes. And then English breakfast. <laughs> Maybe for lunch. <laughs> Go back to sleep. Have a nap. Um, well, okay. What What would be the? Oh, we haven't even like. No one cares about Julia Fisher. Let's not ask her. No. Let's get straight into English. Yeah, modern things, right? Tim Tams, don't do English breakfast. Uh, breakfast, but the tea's fine. Water, hydrate, nap, and if you're hungover. Hopefully you made it to the bed or not. Who knows? <laughs> what what would be the ideal breakfast then? So let's say I'm hungover. Oh, I don't know why I did that. And I wake up. You're saying let's let's <laughs> just go back to bed. But um, or hydrate. What what would be a good meal to have then? Like, I mean, see. I I, I would just get back to normal and just, or whatever your normal is, depends really, to be honest. But, you know, have lots of bit. <laughs> Double portion. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, like fruit is really good. You know, get some greens in, lots of water, you know, and then just, I don't know, have some eggs. So just Fine. do the exact same thing I would normally do. So if I'm mm -hmm. someone who does oats, do oats. Just oats, like, yeah. So your motto is suck it up. Shouldn't have done it, but you did. But just get back to get back on plan. Consistency. Yeah, just yeah. Like literally, that's it. Just stay hydrated throughout the day. Um, get some movement in. Go for a walk. Some don't train. Maybe do some yoga, swimming, walking. Do what you normally do. Like I saw what I normally do. 
Yeah, but if you're like super hungover on like three hours of sleep, I would not recommend. You're better off not training. <laughs> just yeah, be just challenge everyone else in yoga. There's there's no. Please take a shower before. But <laughs> no, you know how people go and say, "I'm going to just train off my hangover." Like that's not a thing. It's actually not a thing. So just take a rest day. Go for a walk. Go for a swim. Do some yoga stretching, and just. Go train tomorrow. Yeah, but if I go for a run, I do yoga, wouldn't that get me sweating more? So, you know, the, the alcoholic vapors, maybe. Yeah, maybe. but, like, don't do a heavy strength session or go to CrossFit or high-intensity F45, something like that class. I wouldn't no, recommend. No PB. No PBs today. No PBs. Yeah. No. Personal bedtime. Go to bed. <laughs> go back to bed. Yeah. Do a new PB in bed, yeah. Oh, oh, look out. <laughs> <laughs> My brain just is like, just pictured that. Just I like, can barely tell. Two people, and the partner's just like, you got hungover last night. Oh, how'd you know? <laughs> Your performance is off. You're not PBing. You're not personal besting this. Oh, better. Than... <laughs> That's great. So, Julia, tell us about yourself. I guess let's. So, we've talked about breakfast. We talked about the ideal situation if you're hungover. So, there you go. That's a quick snippet. That's of done. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. Important things covered. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, let's, let's just go. So, welcome to the podcast, Julia. Um, lovely Thanks. to have you on. <laughs> For those kids, what is Julia's story? So you've traveled from Germany to UK, oh, Germany, Australia, God's land. Unfortunately, you went to UK and then went back. What's Tell us, what's the journey? How did you get from one to another and then get back there? Okay. Um, so, yeah, after school, I wanted to kind of, you know, go and and do some time abroad as you do i guess i never liked the idea of america still to this point i'm not excited about going to the u.s at all it's because they have an american breakfast isn't it <laughs> got more fat i mean oh. bacon with maple syrup and scrambled eggs and pancakes is, i can get away i can get on board with that <laughs> you can or you can't <laughs> i can't <Okay. laughs> Um, it just makes all the fizzy drink. It's just all the fizzy drink. Oh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Australia was my choice oh, because living. Oh, back up. <laughs> Why not America? I just it. I think just because it's everywhere. Everyone went there. I was like, I just need something else. It just, it just doesn't okay. excite me as much. And Europe, obviously, it's very easy traveling with within Europe. I just go to Spain. It's it's in an hour, right? So yeah. that was like I have the time and opportunity now. I need to go somewhere further. And Australia was always something I kind of thought it's quite fascinating because you have that, you know, the, the outback desert almost and then the huge big cities and obviously nice weather and, you know, you, you never hear anything bad about Australia, really. <laughs> it's on this side of the planet. <laughs> um, so I always found it very fascinating. I was like, okay, let's do Australia then. So I went for like nine months. Yep. And I loved it so much. Honestly, 
you you guys are the best people I've ever met in my life. I've never, honestly, and I don't say that because I'm talking to someone in Australia, but <laughs> I've never met nicer people and more helpful people in my life. I don't know what it is with you guys. It was, and you know, being German, obviously, it was very suspicious at first. I was like, what do these people want? Why is everyone nice? It's like, anyone going to kidnap me? They're going to steal from me. Why are they so nice? This is really, this is wrong. <laughs> Why am I helping them rub someone else? Why should we rub me? <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, that was weird the first couple of weeks. But then I just figured everyone's like that. And everywhere it's like that. So it <laughs> must, must be a common thing. Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately, it's not. I've, we've got a lot of, um, yeah, enough people come here and they actually get gypped like i had a, an employee start with me within her first week she's like i finally oh sorry she was looking for accommodation after four weeks she's i found the accommodation next day she's in the club office crying i'm like what happened she's like i paid the woman she scared me i was like oh no like there's a lot of them so you didn't get scammed so obviously yay good yay for me <laughs> Um, so yeah, these dodgy Aussie people, too nice, too friendly, too helpful. But after a while, you trusted them. Well, maybe yeah. that was the false sense of security we wanted you to have. Maybe. Mm. I'm, I'm um, alive. I'm in one piece. I didn't lose any belongings. So. Except for Tim Tams. <laughs> and so you came here, and what were you doing here? Like, is that were you? Like starting as a PT here, or like how did your career like talk you through what were you doing in Australia? Was it for education or just to learn and travel? I was no pair, and then I did some work and travel. So it was like literally right after school. Um, do you do that in Australia, like a, a gap year after school where you go and travel the world? Not really, do you? You just, can. It's a choice. Yeah. I unfortunately wasn't uh, smart enough for the gap year. So I just. I'm still in my gap year. <laughs> can tell from other gray hair. <laughs> wow. I shaved my head. Thank you. Shaved by choice. I actually, honestly, <laughs> I got sick and tired of um, my barber. The barber I have is lovely. The guys, I love the barbers. They're so lovely. Um, my partner's great. She's got a deal. Literally have a whole bunch of free passes to get my hair cut. But I just can't sit with someone for an hour and listen to them complain and not want to take action. It just, I can't do it. Plus, it takes me uh, 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes, just go beep, beep, beep. So I get the time back. So, yeah. choice. by choice, Julia. <laughs> so, other than picking on old men, um, <laughs> what what's the. Uh, as great as our country is, but what was your most challenging time in Australia? Being an au pair because I used the family was like, can I swear they were quite shit to be honest. They were really bad people, not bad people, but they were really. It was not that wasn't a great experience. Everything else was fantastic. Being an au pair okay. was the worst thing I've ever done. Yeah, What's you know that? where you stay with, you you know where you stay with the family, and look after the kids kind of thing. Like a nanny. 
living any basically it's just a yeah. thing a lot of, i can't just i can't believe i've never heard of this so yeah it's you take kind of like foreigners for a few months and they live with you like a living nanny and then you you pay them basically um but <laughs> oh wow it, a foreign person usually a young woman oh who lives with the family and looks after their children or cleans the house and returns them. Do you not actually know what an au pair is? Wow. I, I just I just thought it was like <laughs> like stay at home nanny or something. But okay, it's actually a thing. And there's actually a program to like do it. No mm. way. Yeah. And there is au pairie. So it's probably French. Um oh, <laughs> yeah, cool. Learning. Yeah, this so is why that, I love um, so, that wasn't great because the family wasn't great. So, but everything else was fantastic. What about the children? They were okay. Very spoiled. Have you heard from them since? What... No. And I don't want to. No, it's it, it had it had a really rough ending. So, oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Your like, is it like oh, it's your fault, blah blah blah, or just? Well, I, I I guess it was like both both like I I just was done being treated like shit, right, and being underpaid for it, and having kind of my experience of you know exploring the country as well, because the whole purpose is that you go to the to a new country. Um, you don't kind of pay for accommodation, right? You have that provided you earn a little bit of money from like babysitting, but then you still have enough time to go and explore and travel. However, that for me wasn't really the case. And whenever I was, I remember I wanted to go to Sydney for a few few days and then they were like, okay, but you can't do that. You literally tell me from when I was able to take time off over the weekend, which I wasn't supposed to work anyway, but they made me work. Um Cut my pay short and things like that. So yeah, that's bummer. Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. I, um, I yeah, clearly. <laughs> just, just about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What, what was the best part of Australia then? <laughs> Leaving. I mean, no, I was really heartbroken when I had to leave. Um, I remember one time and this is what i mean like that would have never happened anywhere else i don't think so i remember i then stayed with a friend for a, a few weeks um and then i remember i went to the shops um and uh you know I mean, you should know because you live there but you know the the peg the i don't know if they still do it but <laughs> they, they pack your groceries for you in the bag do they still do that no. no, we have to do it ourselves now. Oh, oh my god! Oh, wow, it's been a yeah. long time. Yeah, no, back I, I in remember. The day. We, I remember. Yeah, back in the day, there used to be like the checkout person and then person pack your bag. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such. A, I was like so confused. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I remember. I remember as a kid, there used to be a guy to check, and like you hear stories of. There used to be a guy at the checkout, and he would have cards, and like they would have little quotes, and he would put them in the bag, one bag for every family. And, you know, you'd be yeah. unpacking your bag and you'd find this card. It would be just a heartfelt message. Oh, see, that's so what close. I mean. You would not get that anywhere else in the world. <laughs> no. I remember it because no, he yeah. used to be in the back corner at the IGA, which was next to the um, vending machines. So my dad used to give me some money. I get a drink and I would just 
get sometimes I get two drinks and I was like, here you go. So it was really cool. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So yeah, he he overpacked the bag though. It was like very heavy. And so at some point the plastic bag broke. On the way home, I was walking because it was like a 15 minute walk or something, right? And so I was stranded on the <laughs> on you know on the on the pathway. Uh, and kind of the the everything broke and everything was all over the place. And like I remember like cans of tomato were like running down the street, like rolling down the street. And then the milk cartons were there. And it was like, oh how do we get home? Having like a nervous breakdown. Next thing you know, this car is stopping. I was like, here we go. Let the comments and like, you know, whatever roll. But it was this uh, really lovely couple and they were like really <laughs> are you okay? Do you need like help? We have a few bags. I was like, okay, that's very nice. So they helped me like pack things and they gave me these bags. And then they were like, oh, do you need a lift? I was like, do you want to kidnap me or something? Do, but do you was... need an au pair? Do you need an au pair? Take <laughs> me. I'm homeless. Me. Hi. <laughs> um but that was really nice you know and that's what i mean like i've never experienced anything like usually people just don't give a shit about if you're struggling or not and and helpless or you know on the corner of the street and your mm -hmm. your milk carton is like rolling somewhere somewhere else. <laughs> did, did you get in the car did you get a lift i did <laughs> that's very brave people but, don't care but kidnappers no. do <laughs> I'm probably if it would have been here in England, I would have not, never done it. But at this point, I developed so much trust with the Australian people. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. Like, mm, I did, I, looking back, I was crazy, but because you never know. But yeah. That's... Oh, yeah, because you let someone overpack your bag. 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. Well, what an ex like, what a few, ex that's cool. So, like, yeah. that's crap. That's really exciting. And it's really funny that you had a really bad experience with a family and then a family were like, oh, do you need help? Do you need? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And then fortunately you left and then you went to England and that's kind of where it started? No, I came back home first. Okay. For a few years. And then, but yeah. Study? So so first, so I'm a trained florist before I did anything fitness related. Flowers. Flowers, because I used to hate the gym. <laughs> and as everybody knows, when you get flowers, you train. Yep, 100%. <laughs> Makes sense. To someone, you want them to see the muscles in your arms. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. I see what you've it's, done. It's no. Listen, it's a physical job. It's literally. It's such a. You're on your feet all day. You have to literally. You have to. It's a very physical demanding job. It really is. It's a very underestimated job as well. I loved it. I missed the creative part, but yeah, it's just not sustainable, really. Mm. Um, um. Okay. So from florist, yeah. were you studying? Because you, you've done your gap year. Come back and then you're studying. What were you studying? Whilst you yeah, were so I, well, I did that. I'm like literally, I'm trained. So in Germany, you can't just do a job. You have to learn it for a few years and actually do qualifications and degrees and go to school and then do a practical exam and a theoretical exam. So I did all that in floristry. Yes, you're like, I, wow. I am like, wow. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, so Germany, you just don't work. I it. am the florist, Carl. <laughs> Not a florist, I'm the florist. Mm, yeah, well. it's, a, it's, a, it's a common thing. Even if you want to be a cashier, you have to do a three-year... Cashier? <laughs> Sorry, no offense to anyone who's aware of it. I'm going to till the shit out of this. Um, Why no, no, no. I know it's a thing. Like, no, it's it's just crazy, right? It's like saying it. It's just like... Because in Australia, like to become a trainer or a strength coach, you do an express course, like three to six months, bada bing, bada boom, you're now training. And on the other side of the world, like America, doesn't matter. Do what you want. England doesn't matter. You literally learn on the job. Yeah. Literally. But then like, <laughs> Germany's like, no, you'll do like a three, four year degree. Yeah. Like, and you can't. So when you do that, um, and then you want to you you realize after however many years you you don't like it you don't like your job anymore you can't just go and do another job you have to then relearn the new job and do like this whole three however long years all over again go back to school do the theoretical bit do the practical like exams and everything and then you're allowed to switch jobs <laughs> so you can't just go and learn on the job yeah wow you really gotta hate a job like really hate like you're like I am never doing this again. Yeah. Wow. So in my in my class, we had like people who were there in their forties or something because they were switching jobs and then wanted to become florists because whatever they did before they didn't like anymore. But then you have to relearn the whole thing and do everything. We do pro things properly here. Yeah? Well, we do things properly. Our au pairs are on point. Our breakfast nourish your body. <laughs> We have like nap times. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, floristing wasn't for you. And no. w when you were a florist, were you being now? Obviously, to speed up the process uh, for a lot of people in the first podcast that didn't come through, is that you started getting coached? Or you sorry, you got a trainer, <clears throat> and then you enjoyed the style of training. And you started to apply yourself and learn and realized there's some gaps here. And then you got a new coach, obviously, you know, a trainer. And for those of you who are curious, like a trainer, trainer or coach, it doesn't really make a difference in my opinion. I think you know, if you're a personalized trainer or a coach, you do the exact same thing. You hold people accountable to the results. But I have to disagree. Unfortunately, though, like, yeah, unfortunately, like, there are trainers. And this is the, this is the thing, though, is that like, you know, people are like, I don't want to be a trainer. I'm a coach. I'm like, okay, like, I, I get it. Because, like, the coach is the action of holding people accountable. Like, I get that. Mm. But you're, you're still technically a personal trainer. You are. So it's like, but you're more. I'm more. Okay. Because, yeah, because I, a personal trainer I, literally, right? Well, like, <laughs> a, I, if you look at most trainers, again, I don't know how it is, you know, where you are, but here in Europe, and it, personal trainer is literally a person with you on the gym floor for however many sessions a week you book, one, two, three, four, five, for the hour, and that is it. Yeah, but you could still coach someone. Like, you could still be, like, I could be with you for an hour, and I could coach you. Like, how's your day? How are you going? How's your sleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What doing? But What's something for the do weekend? <laughs> Yeah, you do that, but what happens the other 23 hours of the day? No one really cares about that, you know. Yeah, you do a little brief check-in and check-in of how everything went, how it's going. You give them a few tips, off, off they go. 
That's it. How's your sleep? That's eight hours. Stress? How's work? How are the kids? How's au pair? Did you do an English breakfast this morning? So you just leaving the bed or the floor? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and then you go, okay, slept on the floor. We're going to have to work some more thoracic extension then before we bench. But there's no yeah. like holding someone accountable as such because yeah, you do all the talking, but then they go off and just don't really apply it anyway in most cases, right? Because there's no like out anything outside the session. You don't actually again most people most trainers don't really there's nothing happening no like very brief checking in like nothing there's literally whatever you do in that hour you have to get training in have to get the check-in you can't properly talk about like let's say if you look at behavior change and things like that there's just no time because you only have that one hour on the gym floor where people actually pay you to do the workout so there's only so much time you have to really talk about how's life going and diving deep into why have you been feeling like shit this whole week? Why have you, you know, not got, gotten your steps deep for these kind of things? And do I swear a lot? You should know that. By no, now. no, yeah, the first one you didn't swear at all, and you're like, I swear, fuck no. Um, now we know each other, so it's I, fine. <laughs> I'm okay. No, but I'm laughing because you're. Um, so I have a lady called Angie. Hey, Angie, hope you're well. If you're listening, she she's great. <laughs> She's like, she's a total savage. She's like, because you're like, oh, you want to know if people feel shit or bad. And Angie's just like, you're just shit, okay? You're just shit. If you haven't achieved your goal, you just shit, fix your shit, and you won't be shit anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> I love that. That's a good point. Yeah. So look, we don't need time outside a session. Just make a change. Off you go. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not that easy. Um, That's what I mean. Yeah. So most trainers just train most. people. Yes. yes. Yeah. I, I did a present on this actually today. It was like, what are the pitfalls of personal training? Training <laughs> and chat GPT. <laughs> you will be obsolete. The benefit, the highlight of being a trainer, you can coach people. <laughs> you can personalize your training. They're like, really? That seems counterintuitive. I'm like, mm, not really. Yeah, if you don't get it, you're at it. You're lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you then became a coach or you got coached learning about accountability, habit changes, um, limiting beliefs, and behavioral changes. I think I just said that. Um, but it's, it's important to change behaviors twice. And you had someone holding you accountable to your goals outside of sessions by a text message, email, data tracking. And you were like, wow, this guy or girl is good. The other guy is not so good. And yep. that's when you embarked on becoming a coach? Or you did nutrition, dietetics? Yeah, so I did, yeah. And then I did the training. And then I was, you know, doing, focusing more on the training. And then I was a personal trainer on the gym floor doing that one hour bit. Right. And then I just, and then obviously I did a bit of nutrition with them. But then I realized that. No, hang on. That's not how personal training works. You only train people. <laughs> You know this. You're a Sorry. trainer. Yes, above and beyond. Ugh, unacceptable. One of these, you know, two years. Why do you have to go to the UK? Get fired <laughs> from Germany. Had to relearn it somewhere else. Right? That's like in, in, in my DNA. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'll go the extra mile. Yeah. Taking the extra mile. Love it. Above mm. and beyond. 
Very good. Yeah. And so you with personal training people and nutrition advice? Yeah. But I realized that we spent, because I was so much, it was, for me, it was so much, it's very important to just always check in, check in with them. But then we kept losing a lot of time during the session for which was dedicated for the workout. So we got a half-assed workout in because there were so many things going on in their life as to, you know, why certain things been happening or why they couldn't, you know, keep stay on track or why they were falling into, you know, stress binge eating kind of patterns and things like that. Um, so it was a very, it had quite a dilemma between, yeah, I want to obviously deliver the session, but also this is really important to talk about because if this isn't going to get talked about, that's not, no real results are going to happen. Yeah, you get some movement in and you, it's great, but we're here to also get your results, right? You don't need a trainer to just move your body. Just, I don't know, do a YouTube video, right? <laughs> don't, but or do a class or whatever, go on the treadmill. But if you have a trainer, they're there to get you results. And like go on doing the a treadmill. Half okay. Miss, who started in the gym on the treadmill with the hoodie on? Don't talk to me. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but, you know, I'm not here to give you a half assed session with training and a half assed session talking about your problems, right? So there was something missing and there was never enough time. So, um, I then decided to kind of change my whole approach and like do like a bit of a hybrid thing where they get the session, but the session is dedicated to the workout. And then outside of the session, they still have time to then, you know, talk to me about everything else. And it just really worked well because we then had enough time to get the workout in, but also enough time to look at behaviors and all the other things. Yeah. What's the biggest um, behavioural issue or challenge you see with people when it comes to, like, everyone wants to achieve a goal, but they don't achieve it in the timeline that they want or case in point, I should have lost four kilos this month, not one. Like, is it Do, common thread you see? Yeah, I think the common thing I see and what is really like I think also like a mental challenge when people start with me because we start slowish right is because people want too much too soon mm. and they go and they change a hundred things at once and then after two weeks they're completely frustrated and overwhelmed and exhausted and then they stop and this is why ne nothing ever works. It's because you're literally going from not moving your body at all or just sporadically every other week going on a whatever jog run, you know, not really sleeping, being very stressed, eating all the foods, drinking a lot, whatever, to, okay, I'm only going to eat clean and cut out all food groups, literally, <laughs> through seven sessions a week. <laughs> no wonder, only like, seven. Eat, only Soft. seven. And only for two hours, hours right? Yeah. Like, come Maybe on, more hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, and wanting to change everything at once and after the doing nothing and the cardio and doing yeah. nothing for the last ten years. Nobody, no, no wonder you're overwhelmed and you're like, it's so hard and I can't stick to anything. Okay, start with one thing, <laughs> yeah. right? It's Don't taken you a, f a long time and a few years to get to this point. It's going to take you more than three weeks to undo all the damage. So, 
Are there any common habits that you see? Like for me, I like done this 14 years. I've only had one person drink enough water. What is it with water? <laughs> people don't ever drink water. Like, what is it? I remember I remember when and this is to Jordan Roberts. I remember um I think it was Stefan. Uh, was his name? Jordan goes, I think we have someone who drinks too much, like enough water. I went, no, it's impossible. Dude, 14 years, nah. He's, no, he drinks like se seven liters of water. Heaven. Yeah, so 0 0.035 times to up to 0 0.07 times your body weight. So he was like uh, five to seven liters. And I was like, he doesn't drink that much water. Jordan's like, no, he does. I'm like, Jordan, you're full of crap. And I went down the next week and I watched him. I went, Ah, huh. okay. Move to level two. <laughs> Eat more protein. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. What, what, the water is like it's like this kind of easiest thing you can literally change in your life. It's I don't know. It's really weird. What do you find? Why, in your opinion, why can't people drink more water? What is it you're drinking? Is it water or is it a sports drink? Oh. <laughs> Vodka. <laughs> Oh, it looks like what? <laughs> uh, it was. Um, well, I can't breathe it, you know, that much. So it's not. Um, so, no, magnesium water. No, it's just water and magnesium. So, All right. magnesium citrate. Um, I think well, for a lot of people, it's just time. Because people don't have, like, people are consistent but they're not truly consistent enough. Like, mm. you know, when you wake up, first thing you do, what do you do? I pee, I, like pee and poo every single day. But some people are like, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Sometimes there's a delay. It's like, yeah, because you eat inconsistently and you drink inconsistently. Like, and then I, when they start drinking more, their body starts to detox and flush it all out so they pee more. But they have this feeling and they go, oh, i got to pee now. So because a lot of people are busy, like they've got meetings, appointments like doctors surgeons they're in surgery so they can't really afford you know imagine someone's operating you one moment <laughs> it's my hourly timer too late <laughs> water yeah yeah so like I, I get it for quite a few people um, i get that i get that but the average normal person with a normal nine-to-five job still struggles they're literally well, sitting on the decks they could have it next to them but I would also challenge the other professionals, right, is, mm. you know, you should have, you know, you could do like a high-rich protein meal with like salt season it and you would hold the water so you have the urge and you can plan ahead. But also if you do it promptly and enough, you can train your body to condition and hold itself like we sleep eight hours without having to pee. And people right. think. You know, they wake up in the middle of the night to pee and they're like, oh, it's because I drink too much water. It's like, no, your body's like in a stress state. It's not recovering. Like, so you're dumping cortisol, which is a blood glucose mobilizer, and now you're going to get rid of sugar. Mm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like you could eat more fruit and veg, but, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I think because a lot of people drink more coffee, so obviously dehydrates them. Um but then it's a liquid, so it's fine, right? Just well, yeah, that's what people else. think. They're like, <laughs> doesn't count. And yeah, yeah, a lot of people say it does count, but I, I would argue against that. Yeah, coffee includes water and whatever, but <laughs> it's like saying, I don't know, 
soda includes liquid, so it's fine to drink three liters of Coca-Cola. Well, it's like saying if you get kicked in the nuts, you get stronger. <laughs> You'll adapt to the pain. Who wants to adapt it, to that? But it, it, it involves, like, you know, muscle contraction, doesn't it? There's a contraction I do not want to experience. No, thank you. I can't relate, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there's you working around, Jimmy. I feel great. Whack. Whack. This is a great feeling. People should do this. Drink more water. Yeah, easy. Oh, transition from habits into other challenges such as um, for yourself, when you started, you were walking on the treadmill, you used to have a hoodie on, don't talk to me. Someone then approached you and then, you know, that's what started your journey. Um, so everyone knows she used to have black hair. Yes, that's black hair. <laughs> Juliet, but it's not naturally blonde. It's black hair, black nails, black hoodie, long pants, and big black eyes. Black boots. <laughs> don't talk to me. Um, <laughs> no, so I guess for a lot of people, but that is a big thing though, right? So like when you started in the gym, what you know now so let's let's go back to you just started doing something. You know, as you said, if you're hungover, you're tired, just go for a walk. So you started. If I'm thinking of starting and I'm that person walking on the treadmill, what suggestions would you have for me? One, okay, start drinking some water. Two, what are, what are your top five suggestions? Look. I'm going to give you some tough love and it's not like a one, two, three, four, five step. I can give you a list of things you can do, but everything that we're not used to is very uncomfortable in the beginning. Okay. And most people are on the treadmill because they don't know what else to do. Okay. And then they feel intimidated and uncomfortable and scared and whatever else you're, you know, to just go and do something else, lift weights, go into the weight room, whatever it's not going to get easier by avoiding it okay so yes having a plan helps you know drinking your water helps but just actually doing it there's so many resources you can literally google i don't know a plan to start with or use an influencer whatever literally i wouldn't even care in the beginning as long as you do something unless you do it it's not going to become any easier, you know? And I, I said, because yesterday someone asked me the same question, like, what are your like five tips? And I was like, okay, yeah, have a plan, know where everything is, <laughs> good music, you know, whatever. But good all music. these tips, good what, music. Two more, two more. Two more. Water, protein. <laughs> always do two more reps. <laughs> yeah. Um. But you can have the best plan and you can have the best playlist and you can go at a very empty time in the gym, you know, which also helps. And I can tell you the the big, muscly, grunting men are the least scariest and usually the most nicest people there. You have to do it. And you're only going to get better. It's only going to get better and easier when you do it. And then you have to do it again and do it again. And, you know, unfortunately... So yeah, have a plan, set some goals, have a plan. 
you know. <laughs> set some goals, have a plan. Set some more goals, have another plan. Yeah. But then actually go and do it. Because I, I say that because I see it a lot. I see people, you know, they, they're then getting a plan. And then what? It's going to collect dust on your table. Just this, not, it's just another PDF sitting in your inbox collecting dust of someone's free resource because you're not going and you're not using it. So you have to get uncomfortable. Tip number one. <laughs> 5x <laughs> get uncomfortable okay yeah with one habit at a time yes one Start at a time treadmill. next week do some dumbbell press week after yeah. do some here's a tip okay usually the treadmills are well of this part of the world are laid out in the way that you can mostly look over the whole gym floor right they're usually somewhere on the wall in the corner somewhere so you can see everyone rather than everyone seeing you so when you're on the treadmill look where all the machines are look okay this is and then figure out okay this could be for my shoulders this is for the front of my legs this is for my you know whatever glutes and then mentally you go in there and you already know you don't have to look for machines because often what happens as well is people have a plan but have no idea where the machines is which dumbbell to use or like which way to start with, where's the free weight area, what does it even look like, what does this muscle even mean, I don't know, what the heck is a leg extension, where's the leg press, all these things. So people get overwhelmed looking at the plan because they have no idea what is where, how does something work, you know, how to use a machine. Um, so whilst you're doing your little treadmill walk or whatever you do, have a look at the outline of the gym. Watch people, how they use the machine. Don't take it too seriously because most people don't know how to use it. <laughs> but um, you get an idea for what the movement is supposed to look like, hopefully. Um, and then next time you go, maybe just start with one. Just do a shoulder press and then that's it. And then next time you do the shoulder press and the leg extension. And then, you know, just build up from there. But then this way it's not too overwhelming. Also, and for those in this side of the world, walk backwards and do the same thing. <laughs> do you face the wall? Yeah, like this. Oh, no. <laughs> so you straight the other way and the gym. Yep. Apparently, recently I've heard and learned that walking backwards on the treadmill is really good for your knees. So there you go. Yeah, because you work your tibialis anterior compared to the car. Yeah. So anyone making fun of people walking backwards on the treadmill, there you go. Um, also, if you're really lost, there's these people sometimes running around with a T-shirt that says trainer or coach or fill in the blank. Running bank. around. Ooh, I running around. I can see where it's coming. Or, again, certain parts, this, this side of the world, they're usually in the corner drinking coffee. But <laughs> you can talk to them because they're trainers and employees of the gym, and then they're actually to help not to drink coffee. So... It's okay to approach someone and say, can you explain this machine to me? No, <laughs> I need coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's my coffee break. I need two more hours. Oh. <laughs> wow, I really thought you were going to give a selfish plug there. Um, if you're feeling lost, just reach out to Julia Fisher at www. Yeah. 
yeah, thanks for doing that for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that was a good that's a good segue because obviously, you know, um, everyone attracts to different personalities. So if someone's like, I really like that tough love, um, it didn't hurt. How would someone get in touch with you to find out more? Um, I'm on Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn. That's usually the best kind of way to reach me quickly. So you can drop me a DM always. Um, slide my website in is or slide in the DMs. My website Julia is currently being Fisher Ju Fit. Julia Fisher Fit. And then LinkedIn is just Julia Fisher with an SCH in the middle, not SH. And for those curious, there is a video of her performing pull-ups. Oh, there's one. <laughs> Two. Oh, a little bit of a knee bob there. So I can confirm two reps. <laughs> I was told she could do seven, but I gave her a hard time and I was like, mm, I don't know. So I see two. Okay. Next time I do pull-ups, I'll do a video. Oh, quality standard. Love yeah. It. Well, it's it's funny because I we're now really being really strict in uh, Vitruvian about standard of pull ups. I, like I used to be able to do up to twenty pull ups, and now I'm on the board zero. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like three trainers doing twenty kilos on them. They're like, "You going to join us one day?" I'm like, "I'm working the foundation again." Thank you very much. Yeah, it's good, <laughs> uh, but it just goes to show that no matter how far you're in or how advanced you are it's always good to go back and revise some basics right mm -hmm. correct amundo awesome well that's how people can get in touch with you what is julia working on what's the latest any new adventures things coming up um not at the minute results? always results yes um you, did you do that presentation no. The conference? You so those are curious, there was a conference that Julie was approached to present on on um health or nutrition. Yes, there was one in October, but I um we came to the conclusion it's not because it was supposed to be like uh, kind of uh, more like the technology part of things and so because my business is 98 percent online these days um they were quite interested to see how it works from like a health and fitness perspective but they then decided to just keep it tech-based so because which is fine no not at all so it's no, not, it's okay. no technology no accountability just a classic personal trainer mm -hmm. yeah. Sorry, have to listen. Yeah, no. So at the moment, <laughs> it's just focusing on my clients. There's been quite a lot of things going on personally this year. So I'm just, just keeping it, you know, perfecting my offer, making sure my clients are okay, taking on new clients. In the offer. Wow. Well, mm. I'll tune in next time to find out more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining the episode of Table Talk today. We hope you found some helpful tips and inspiration in staying healthy and fit, even with a busy schedule. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, stay tuned for our next conversation. Until then, 
keep prioritizing yourself, your health, your fitness, and we'll see you on the next Tabletop.